is Chris. Hope you're doing well, and welcome to Popcorn Finance, where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. This was take number 15 because someone's looking at me in the eyes, and it's making it very difficult for me to keep a straight face. So, but thanks for joining me. And uh, before we uh, jump into the episode and I say who this guest is, I want to say thanks to Purs, who was the winner of our Popcorn Finance Black Friday giveaway. Uh, Purs, that, that's the name she goes by because she wants to stay anonymous. But I just want to say thanks. And if you go to popcornfinance.com slash Black Friday, uh, you can see her listed there. You can see what happened for the contest. You can even listen to the episode that I posted. I uh, just did a quick Black Friday giveaway to kind of encourage people not to go out and stay in. So, uh, Purse won the Netflix gift card, so that's already on its way to her. Hopefully, she's got a chance to to check that out and try it. And in last week's episode, I had the opportunity to speak with Liz Weston of Nerd Wallet, and we were talking about debt stories and just the power of sharing your debt story and kind of letting other people see how you've dealt with it, what you've gone through, and and how impactful and empowering that can be. So I thought. It'd be a good idea to not only share my debt story, but to share it with the person who went through it with me. So I have my wife here. We'll call her Kay. We'll leave her anonymous. Unless you, do you want to say your name? Do you want to be be out there for the world to know who you are? Kay is fine. Kay is good. Okay, we'll leave you as Kay. So I'm joined here by my wife, Kay. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> doing good. <laughs> it's taken us very many times to start recording this because... I get very nervous recording, and it's even more nervous when you're here watching me record. So, <laughs> Of course it is. <laughs> it's a little nerve-wracking, but thanks for sitting with me anyways, because uh, I think it's good for us to be talking about this, and I think you'll add a different perspective than I will, just because, you know, I experienced it in one way, but, you know, maybe you saw things a, a much different way than I did, so, you know, we'll just talk about it together. Great. All right, so um, I actually wrote a blog post really early on in the uh, in the, the history of the of the website, and on there I, I talk about you know how we got into debt and kind of the struggles and things that were going on, and so I also link to that in the show notes for this episode, so you can check that out. But in there I mentioned that our debt started with our wedding because we were relatively debt free before that. You know, I had had some debt before that, but got rid of it before the wedding. And so that was like our, our starting off point. And so, you know, we were planning our wedding and we, we kind of went pretty, I think, pretty reasonable on the cost. We didn't go overboard or anything, but the wedding and the honeymoon put us into about, I think, about $16,000 in debt. And so I know for myself, I want to say there's some things I want to I would change about it. I would try to go uh, a little bit cheaper to save more money. But I know you, my wife... Okay, she did most of the work on it. So I know she that you already did a lot of the the searching and looking and did a lot of work to get it down to that cost. So, you know, it's kind of easy for me to say I would go cheaper. But uh, <laughs> what, what do you think about that? Is there anything you would change or do differently about that whole time, you know, planning for the wedding? I definitely would do a couple of things differently. For one, I probably would pay, spend money more strategically, I think, for the things that really stood out and that we would value. Um, for example, flowers are really important to me and there was a specific theme and way I wanted it to look. And we spent more money on that because that's what I envisioned. But the florist didn't actually deliver what I wanted. And we spent a lot of money to be disappointed. And I think if we had have just DIY'd it, it probably could have been better than what she delivered. 
I remember you being very disappointed. I had no idea that she had messed up. I thought that's how it was supposed to look. So I didn't, I didn't bother me. But I remember afterwards you told me you were very disappointed. You said she did not do what it was that she said she was going to do. Yeah, definitely. So he's saying DIYing a little bit more than, than you already did on the wedding. And, um, you know, do you feel like you enjoyed the wedding and the honeymoon, how it all turned out? I think it turned out pretty spot on to what I envisioned overall. I know my family really helped us out and we saved a lot of money with them providing a lot of services and being there for us. Um, Our honeymoon was great. I think that was one of the most exciting vacations because we planned every aspect of it and got to do incredible things. And we had a great time in Hawaii. I, I wouldn't change anything about that. Yeah, and that was it was nice. For, I know I didn't mention it earlier, but we went to, like you said, we went to Hawaii, we went to Maui, and then we went to Oahu. And for us, a lot, all pretty much all of the financial responsibility kind of landed on us. So we ended up paying for pretty much everything for the wedding, and then we paid for the honeymoon ourselves. But we didn't really pay for it because we bought it all on credit, and so that's why this was the start of our kind of debt journey because pretty much all the money I had saved went towards an engagement ring. And after that, we were pretty much working off of borrowed money. So I know one of the things I probably would have liked to have done is maybe if these are things we wanted to do and I wanted to do, uh, to save more, to prep in advance. So to maybe do a better job of building up that starting amount and then try to work more within the budget. So if we have a set amount, try to spend as much of our own cash and rely less on credit. And if it's something that we can't afford, maybe just kind of going without it. Because I mean, in, I guess in the, it's maybe easier for me to say in the grand scheme of things, it was just one day of the rest of our lives. So it's kind of like, man, that was a lot of money for one day that ended up taking years to repay. So I don't know how you feel. If you feel the no, same way. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, but also I feel there's a lot of pressure overall on people that are getting married to spend and spend. And even if they don't have it, you still should spend because even if it is just one day out of your life, this is, this is supposed to be the best day of your life for for many people. And while I don't necessarily believe that it's still an exciting time and I had a great time, but I think I would have definitely been more strategic in the ways that we spent the money and, budgeted it out and spent according to what we could afford. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, cuz I think a lot of people there's so much social pressure to have this big event, this big party. And I mean, I get, you know, it's a tradition, but it feels like people should know what that how expensive this is. They should know understand how expensive this day is and not put that type of pressure on other people to spend all of this money. F- right. For them to come and enjoy this party. Yes. And I kind of don't know if you've seen online, there's like this trend of these like really inexpensive weddings where people are doing things that are more unconventional. They're like having, you know, like a fast food place cater, like I'm saying, like in and out cater a place, or they'll have like, uh, they'll use a, a family's piece of property if you have someone who has property. We don't have anyone who has property we could have used, but like, you know, using someone's backyard if they have a large backyard and things like that to keep it more affordable. And there was, there were some ways that we could have. Um, I think because we had such a large guest list, you know, um, trimming that down could have helped. Um, there's lots of other ways that we could have avoided spending some of the money that we did. But we were also young. And I think overall, you shouldn't be expected to spend a whole lot of money when you're that young. 
getting married. Um, but we didn't have a lot of help, like you said. So we just kind of went with it and weren't really thinking about how it was going to impact us later. Yeah, true. You're just like, well, it is, it's only going to happen once. So might as well have it the way we want it. And you end up kind of getting carried away and not really realizing how much money you spent until you kind of look back at the, the receipts and the credit cards. You're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know we spent that much already and we still have so much more to get. But, you know, in addition to the wedding, so, you know, that day passed, the honeymoon, we had a good time, spent a lot of money. And then we moved into our first place together and it was a small studio space we rented from your family uh, because it was way cheaper than any of the other apartments we can get in Southern California. And we were trying to think about paying off the wedding. And But when we moved in, we didn't have any furniture. We didn't have anything. So that, of course, went on a credit card. We went to Ikea and went on a, <laughs> a shopping spree. It's Ikea, so we didn't spend that much money. But, you know, it was like, you know, 1200 bucks at least worth of furniture. I, I think I can remember that because I'm I'm cheap and anal. So I, <laughs> I remember the numbers. <laughs> and then, you know, you were in school. So there were school costs that came up. Uh, health insurance, you know, we've had, you know, it was a trip to emergency room I could think of. There was just general co-pays and, and deductibles we had to pay that added up. And I think after about two years, so we got married in 2012, so it was 2014 when I think we hit the peak of our debt and it was just over $27,000. And I remember seeing that and I was like, you got to be kidding me. How did this happen? Because it went from Oh, you know, we have about, you know, $16,000 plus furniture, you know, we, you know, we were under $20,000 and then all of a sudden it kind of ballooned over the course of two years into this really, really big, big amount. And so, I mean, I know for me, I was really stressed out. I know this is kind of all I thought about and it really, I think impacted me and, and how I handled everything. I, it was one of the main factors for me changing jobs to try to make more money, um, I know I got like super like tight on the budget and changed the way we, we did things. And, and I don't, I know for us, this is probably one of the few times we've ever even talked about this together. We didn't really talk about it then. And I don't really think we've talked about it since then. So, I mean, how did you feel like during this time? Cause I don't think I ever asked. <laughs> I felt stressed, but I don't think it was anywhere near as bad stress as you were. I felt like for me, I'm not really, your focus is finance with work and just your background. So for me, it wasn't really on my mind as much as it should have been. But I definitely felt the pressure from you and the, the reality of the seriousness of the situation really started to sink in of this is going to take a long time to get rid of. This is going to take work and effort to, yeah. to make it go down. All right, so we've already popped enough popcorn for today, so I think we'll stop our conversation here, and we're going to pick it back up in a couple of weeks, because next week's episode, I'm going to have Erin Lowry on. Uh, she's the author of Broke Millennial and also the founder of BrokeMillennial.com, so that interview will be coming up next week, uh, and then after that, you'll get part two of my conversation with Kay as we discuss more of our debt story. So as always, thanks for listening. If you want to check out the show notes for this episode and links to the original blog post that I posted about our uh, our struggles with debt, you can visit popcornfinance.com slash 32. It's 32 because it's episode 32. And uh, you can get all that information there. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, uh, the Google Play Store, 
pretty much any place you can get a podcast just where you'll be able to find it so overcast radio public any of those good places and then also if you want to keep up on the news that's going on any new events new changes with the show uh any sneak peeks or promos that i put out you can follow me on instagram at popcorn finance podcast and on twitter and facebook at popcorn finance so as always thanks for joining me for another bag of popcorn and hope to see you back soon